Hey, how are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Of course. Thank you so much for calling into this tonight. I, I really appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, I, I'm excited to talk to you. I've been um, over the past few months talking with a lot of former NBA players that at one point or another spent some of their career as a Dallas Maverick, but also just talking to them about their, their basketball experience as a whole. So one of the first questions I wanted to ask you is growing up in, in Senegal, how did you um, initially start playing basketball? Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. Um, you know, playing basketball actually with my little sister. Actually, she's six six. Partook uh, in the Enjai. She's the one who you know had really love and passion for the game. And uh, you know, she used to tell me to come and play. But Senegal is the opportunities for you know brighter and better future are not so many. It's a peaceful mm-hmm. country, great place to live. But I always thought academics going to school was my way to have a, you know, to earn my college, to earn my high school di- a, di- a diploma and do well at school, what I need to focus on. So I played soccer and all the sport on my free time, but I didn't really want to add anything else. So I was just focused on going to school and trying to do well, which is not easy uh, in Senegal. So, you know, my sister kept asking me to come and play with her team. You know, I gave excuses for about three three years or so. Finally, a friend of my dad, uh, you know, who knew the national team coach uh, for the woman mm-hmm. named Connor, uh, he asked me to go and start training with him. So me and my little brother, we started training with him, and I started to love the game. And that's how I that's that's when and how I started finally. And uh, I was 18 when I first started. Uh, but because I was athletic and went and jump and had a soccer background, I was able to pick up the game rather fast. And when you're tall and can run and jump, you know, playing basketball is not uh, super difficult because you can rebound and block shots and set some good screen and move, uh, be able to help on defense and stuff. Uh, you will find a place. So that's, 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 uh, that's how I started, with my sister at first. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the final push was a friend of my dad who saw us and saw how tall we was and recommended for my dad to uh, have us play basketball. And uh, this, this is how I started back in home in Senegal. Then I joined uh, one club there, uh, which is which was one of the best clubs in Senegal. Uh, and I had a chance to basically uh, be under the best coach uh, in Senegal. So And he was kind of helping me with, with the fundamentals and learning the game. That's that's really cool. Um, so when you were in Senegal, how aware of the NBA were you? Um, like, did you follow any teams or any specific players at that time? Yeah, before I started to play basketball, actually, um, I didn't have too much uh, knowledge of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I would just I would see we, basketball. Senegal, you know, the main sport was soccer and also wrestling. You oh, know, wow. African traditional wrestling. So, you know, basketball was just starting to uh, pick up. You know, our national team was pretty good, but it wasn't really uh, as popular as soccer. You could play soccer everywhere. You know, after you come from school, you just like put your put your bag down and just go outside and play. Now, basketball, we need a court. Actually, around the same time, I started, they built a playground 
in my neighborhood. So I started, you know, to pass by the playground when I come back from school. I see them play, you know, and a lot of times those kids who were playing basketball were kids who, you know, maybe wanted to live a different lifestyle and wanted to be like American and stuff like that. So I didn't <laughs> really want to associate my, myself with it, you know. So I just focused on my school and stuff. Uh, but when I started to pick up the sport, now I started to watch film and videos. And of course, I fell in love with Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, watching him and I watched all his, all, all his videos and all his DVDs at the time and Hakim Olajuwon. So from the get-go, I saw them just fly through there and all the moves. <laughs> I thought actually it was easier than than what, you know, <laughs> what it seemed like. You know, I always, you know, sometimes I'm very optimistic. That's my nature. Uh, so I thought it was easier. So when I started, after watching them on the on the videos and stuff, I thought it was easy to, to jump and dunk and do some of the stuff. But, you know, I went to the court and I took a ball and I tried to dunk and couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I was already 69 or so. So I realized it was much, much more difficult. So... Uh, NBA was just basically DVDs and things that I was watching mm-hmm. uh, once I started the sport. I just kind of got into it and really uh, started learning learning as much as possible. And I stayed in Senegal a couple of years. And during that time, that's, you know, at 3 a.m., we were watching the Houston Rockets win the championship. I remember it's like from a French channel. Yeah. So we'll we'll be up until three a.m., five a.m. watching Robert Ori knocking those three down, you know. Um, so you know we fell in love with it, and Hakim was in the team, you know, coming from Africa and seeing the work that he was doing. So I just fell in love with you know, uh, fell in love with the game and you know, uh, watching it. So I started to familiarize myself with it, uh, and we had a, I believe inside the NBA we used to be able to have it with Ahmad Rashad. Oh yes, so I was yeah, able. I that. You know, I think I think it used to come um, every Saturday, so I mm-hmm. started to follow that too for the highlights and and things like that. So once I started to play, the next two years I started to really follow the game as much as possible and watch all the DVDs. But my favorite players was Michael Jordan, Hakim Olajuwon. I watched Charles Barkley. You know. Uh, DVD. I mean, all of them, all the players that I could watch. You know, I started to watch everybody and learn as much as I can. But my two favorite was Akimola and Michael Jordan. That's really neat. And yeah, I, I, I grew up watching some of those same television programs. Uh, I'm born and raised yeah. in Dallas, but yeah, I was always a okay. fan of watching those those programs. Um, I was doing a little bit of of research on you, and I saw that you eventually you came, you left Senegal, and you came to the United States, and you attended high school in Maine. How did that happen? Like, what, what events unfolded for you to be able to, to come to, to the U.S.? You know, I mean, uh, when I started, number one, I didn't do it just for fun. I said, you know, I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try to make the NBA. Mm-hmm. That was my first goal before I even touched touch, touch the basketball. So I didn't know how I was going to come to the state, but I had a strong belief that I was going to come to the state and uh, that I was going to play in the NBA. Uh, my father was really supportive and he used to talk about it a lot, even though he never saw me play, you know, <laughs> but he had a, just a strong belief that uh, I would I would make it. So um, the way it happened, I think it's just the hand of God. It was God's plan. Um, I started to play and I was going to school 
the year that I uh, had my bash, my uh, high school diploma, um, one day I just went to the court, and that day I was off actually. Usually I don't go to the to my small club, mm-hmm. but that day that I went, there was an American coach named Michael Laplante. He was then assistant coach in um, in Maine. So he came to work with our national team and he was looking for, you know, he had a relationship with my club coach because from that club called Jean Dac, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Paso was the head coach. A couple of his uh, players played played in Maine. So that was the contact for, my, for Michael Laplante. So when he came, he asked, you know, for somebody who played basketball and went to school. I was not the best, but I was the one who fit the profile. I was tall. I just started to play. I was athletic, but also I was I was going to school. So luckily, I was not the best. So I'm sure uh, Paso wanted to help him, recruit a kid, but I'm sure he didn't want to give the best players. But, you know, uh, but I fit the profile, somebody who was a student athlete going to school and playing basketball. So Coach LeBlanc, when, when he saw me, uh, you know, he told me basically he'll, He'll uh, get me a scholarship, um, and I didn't really think much of it. I told my dad once I went home, and two weeks later, we I, I had a scholarship to MCI, and I ended up going to MCI. He actually recruited me and Nongo Enjai. Me and Nongo Enjai. Nongo ended up going to Sheffield Academy because MCI only had one scholarship, and they uh-huh. took me, and Nongo went to Sheffield Academy. Both of us was committed to go to University of Maine, but then there was a coaching change in the summer, uh, Coach Laplante left. He went to Auburn, and you know they they recruited me. But for me, you know, even though they were recruiting me, I was listening. My mind was made up already to go with him, to go with Coach Laplante, because you know God made him, had him come to Senegal to find me, to bring me to the U.S. I just thought there was a path that was already written, and there was no need to change it. I didn't know nothing about Auburn, and the being that is in the SEC and it's a better league than Maine. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have all that information. All I wanted to do is play basketball and earn a college degree and try to make it pro. And things just worked out that uh, I ended up at Auburn University when Coach Laplante uh, took an assistant job there. So, And there was a coaching change during that summer uh, from University of Maine that kind of, that got us, me and Nongo, out of our, our NLI. Nongo ended up going to Providence, which was top 13, and mm-hmm. me, I went to Auburn. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And um, one thing I wanted to ask you about about your Auburn experience is, I believe it was um, in in your junior year, you actually you broke Charles Barkley's record for career blocks there. So that that must have been pretty exciting for you, right? Yeah, definitely it was. It was. I mean, Charles Barkley. Everybody knew about him. You used to watch his, uh, you know, you used to watch his DVDs back in Senegal. I think it's called Sir Charles or something <laughs> like that, you know. So, you know, I mean, was was a fan of him. So to have a chance to, number one, go to the same school as him and then being able to broke, being able to be mentioned in the same sentence, you know, as, you know, doing something mm-hmm. uh, that he has done was just something great, you know. So I was very excited about it. I didn't have that in mind when I was playing. I was just playing. I was trying to do my best, trying to help my team win, giving everything that I have every single day. And it just worked out junior year. You know, they, they, they told me I was about to break the record or broke it. You know, it wasn't nothing that I was trying to get. It just, it just 
it just happened. Every night I was trying to give my team uh, my best effort to win games. And, you know, blocking shots was something that I was pretty good at. Yeah. And I focused on it and, you know, tried to change shots, trying to block shots. And it just ended up working out that, you know, by doing that, doing, doing, doing my job, being, being a good teammate and try to help our team be better, it happened that uh, I broke Charles Barkley's record. But yeah, thinking about it once it happened, you know, was pretty exciting. Uh, looking back, uh, maybe, you know, uh, four or five years earlier, I was watching his DVDs and yeah. he was starting to play. So, you know, it was a cool experience, uh, definitely. Yeah, that, that's why I wanted to ask you about that, because it made me think about it um, when you were talking about watching those DVDs and uh, admiring all the highlights and everything. So I bet that was an exciting moment for you. Um, yes, it was. Another thing, um, one other question about your college career before we moved on to the pros. I believe it was your senior season at Auburn when you had a freshman teammate by the name of Marquise Daniels, who who you later played with in Dallas. Um, what what was Marquise like as a as a young freshman at Auburn from uh, based on your memories? Big time talent, big yeah. time talent. I mean, could just play any any position. We were really, really good freshman year, but still, he was able to contribute. You know, I wish I, you know, we 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 played longer. Mm-hmm. But I mean, big time talent can play the one, the two, the three, even the four. I mean, he was just able to do everything. So I mean, very, very likable. You know, I believe he had couple or a lot of gold teeth. You know, whenever <laughs> he smiled, so that was that was that was a little bit funny. So, but I mean, he was just he he was just a joy to. Um, as a as a teammate, very easygoing, you know, no no issue whatsoever. Very quiet, you know. We had some, you know, couple freshmen that came in like Mang Magadney, who was very vocal and talk a lot. So it was a you know fresh breath of air to have somebody like Marquise who just came and let his uh, and let his basketball speak for itself, and he earned uh, everybody respect and was able to get playing time and, and did a very good job, you know, uh, with us. I mean, his freshman class was, was actually really good. It had him and Jameson Brewer, who was also an NBA player. They had, you know, I mean, it was a very good freshman class. But, but Marquis, you know, up to this day, we, we stay in touch. So, I mean, every time I see him, you know, uh, we have a very, very nice time. But, I mean, amazing guy. Amazing guy on and off the court. First class. I mean, handle his business. You know, I mean, it it was a great time having him as, as a teammate. Just wish it was it was more than one year. I really enjoyed him as a player when he was here in Dallas. And um, I actually got to have an, one of these interviews with him several months ago, maybe back in November. And uh, I really enjoyed that conversation. We had a, uh, a fun talk. Wonderful. So I, after the 2000 season finishes and you're – um, your college career is over, and you decide to declare for the 2000 draft. Uh, what what were your expectations going into that draft? Uh, I'm assuming it like if if you weren't drafted by the NBA, were you going to try to go overseas, or was it NBA or nothing? Because you said earlier that was your goal from the beginning. There was no question in my mind I was going to get drafted until draft night. <laughs> you know, as a pick start going. I mean, I'm a very optimistic person. Also, I know my abilities. I think even, to be honest, before I went to college, I had a chance to meet Donnie Nelson at a such uh, Sanders, Sanders Nelson camp. I was one of the counselors of the camp. And, you know, after the camp, we, we got a chance to play. 
and actually uh, uh, Donny really liked me. And even then, we talked a little bit, me and my confidence, about trying to go straight to the NBA. But I think within the rules, I wasn't able to uh, because it was maybe past the time or whatever. So I thought I'd be a one and done. But when I went to college, even though I started as a freshman, uh, I just didn't think that I was ready. Sophomore year, I did a little bit better. Junior year, I almost went out, but I, you know, they told me I'd be late, a late first round. So I tried to better my stock by coming back my senior year and graduate. And actually, all the season, I was a top 17 pick. But then late in the season, I got, I got injured. Chris mm-hmm. Porter was taking the charge, landing on my knee. So that kind of affected me, and I didn't do most of my workouts. Um, during the draft, like uh, I did some of the high ones between one to eight. And then, uh, you know, I didn't do most of the workouts where I was slotted at. So that kind of, you know, uh, hurt me with, with the injury a little bit. So I interviewed for some of the team, but I was, but I was injured. So that, so that made me slide to the end of the first round to, to you know, pick, pick 26 by then, by then, by the Denver Nuggets. But, uh, I never, I never had a doubt I was going to be a first rounder. You know, I mean, uh, until the draft night when you see the pick <laughs> passing and passing and passing. And, you know, the team that you thought were going to draft you did not draft you. Like, the Nuggets, I didn't work out for them. You know, oh, wow. uh, but they saw me a couple years earlier at a camp, Pete Null camp. And I had a very good camp, actually. You know, they moved me with the pros. I think that's where they saw me. And uh, my agent, my former agent, and, you know, I want to... Uh, talk about him a little bit, and you know, may God rest, uh, rest, rest his soul. Dan Fagan, he was my agent, so he he was just an amazing agent. You know, he did some great things for me. We had a very good relationship, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, I just thought he was the best agent I have ever ever had, and he did a wonderful job for me. You know, I just saw uh, his tragic um, death, but I think I mean, it's just life. Everybody have a time, and when that time comes, in my in my in, in my belief, there is nothing you can do about it. But um, it's still tragic, and um, you know I pray for him and pray and pray and pray for his family. You know. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really sorry to hear that. I, you know, I, I heard about that a few days ago, and I was not aware that he was your agent. So um, I'm sorry for your loss. I, I've only read nothing but good things about him. So yeah, def- um, I definitely a first-class agent, a first-class person. I mean, we had a very good relationship. So, um, I mean, everything that you hear about him is true. Well, again, I- I'm sorry for your loss. And um, uh, thank you. Th- th- yeah, thank you for for sharing that with me. Um, so, you're you're drafted by Denver, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You never actually played a game for Denver. You know, in Later in January of that season, you were traded, correct? Yes. I mean, it was an injury. You know, what happened is when I got injured at Auburn, mm-hmm. it was an MCL sprain. I was supposed to take two weeks off, you know, and I didn't. I started practicing like maybe a couple of days later. Mm. And then Chris, and then we had some uh, issues with our team. Some, some players were suspended. I just felt obligated to start playing. I had a routine where I do two days of leg workout, you know, every week and two days of upper body. So I stopped doing that. So I should have taken those couple of weeks to three weeks, but it was the end of the year and I wanted to push through it. Even though I came back, we went to the, you know, uh, the conference title, we lost to Arkansas with Joe, with Joe Johnson. 
Mm-hmm. We, should have, we should have won that game, but Joe, but Joe Johnson uh, took over the game. <laughs> um, we, we, we lost. We went in the second round of the NCAA. I just didn't take enough time off. So what it did is my body started to compensate from the knee injury. I was wearing a, I was wearing a brace, and now I started having all the injuries. So what happened is before the draft, I hurt my groins. You know, I had just you know different injuries that came from the knee. I didn't, you know, rehab properly and take enough time off. Even though I finished the season, I was not the, you know, I just, my 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 legs were weak and just different things. When you start to compensate, this is when you hurt yourself in other ways. So when the draft happened, I did not, you know, work out for most of the team. And those injuries piled up during the first part of my, uh, of my freshman year, you know, of my rookie season. I was, I was injured a lot. So, and as I was getting back into playing shape, um, that's, that's when that trade happened, you know, and I got traded to Toronto. Uh, I loved uh, Denver. I mean, it was a great situation. First class organization, you know, wanted to stay there, but, you know, uh, the, the NBA is a business. Mm-hmm. When, when they do some trades, you know, there are some things. I mean, they, they told me I had to be part of the trade for the, for the trade to happen. So maybe they wanted me to feel good about it, but, you know, I end up going to a very good situation with Vince Carter and the Toronto Raptors and really enjoy my time there. Yes, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, I wanted to ask you about a couple of Toronto teammates, one of them being Vince. And, uh, you know, obviously at that time, he was arguably the most popular player in the NBA, if not maybe second. What, what was that experience like playing with Vince? Um, you know, everyone has seen the highlights, but I'm, I mean, you got to see him behind the scenes and in practice. What, what was your uh, impressions of playing with Vince Carter at that time of his career? I mean, Vince is an amazing person, amazing teammate. Never caused any problem, never tried to act like he's the best player, you know, arguably in the, in the NBA then. Never tried to act like he's the best player on the team, wonderful teammate, amazing teammate, you know. And you saw things in Vince. You know, we're all athletic. If you make it to the NBA, you're one of the top athletes in the world. Mm-hmm. But even among us, when you look at players like, like, like Vince, you are, you are amazed. That's the type of athlete he was. I mean, you saw him do things, you know, in practice, in, in games, where even us who are some of the best athletes in the world, you you are still amazed. And that's, uh, that's some of the stuff that uh, just to uh, highlight how, 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 you know, athletic above most he was, you know. He's just an amazing talent. I mean, just the way that his body is, his work ethic, his, his skill set, you know, willingness to learn. But what I'm really, you know, impressed, you know, regarding Vance is just what kind of teammate he was and just off the court how amicable he was, how easy to deal with was, how easy to deal with, you know, uh, he was. I mean, he was just an, an unbelievable teammate. And usually superstars may not be that way. They may be, you know, I mean, detached and try to act like they are they are superstars. But if you didn't know, you know, uh, how good he was on the court, he just, he just mingled with everybody like he was just, you know, any, any other player. Mm-hmm. And that's really what uh, what was uh, the most amazing to me regarding him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, I really enjoyed him when he was here in Dallas a few years ago. You know, he had maybe three seasons here and, you know, provided some great moments. And it's it's still amazing to me that he's still playing and he's still 
makes good plays at the, at this at his age. I think he's forty one now, and he's still he's still getting it done. Half man, half amazing. He's, yeah. he, he may not be half man, half amazing still, but you know he still he he still has it. He's just a, I mean he's just a amazing athlete, amazing basketball player, and you know obviously big time professional to learn how to take care of his body. Mm-hmm. And to last for uh, for this long and being able to contribute, so I mean, I just think it give a it's a testament to how professional uh, he is, you know, uh, on and off the court, and how well he, you know, uh, uh, took care of business. So, absolutely, yeah, that that's really cool that you got to play with him at that point of um, your career. And your other Raptors teammate that I, I wanted to ask you about is one of your idols as a. Uh, as a young fan of the game growing up, you got to play with Hakeem Olajuwon in his last season in the NBA. What, what was that experience like for you? Because uh, I'm assuming you guys got to guard each other and practice and go head to head and probably had a lot of fun um, interaction with him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Hakeem is, he's not a teammate. He actually, I call him a big, a big brother. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's so down to us. We just click automatically. You know, I was really eager to learn. And uh, actually, uh, Glenn, Glenn called me our GM at the time and told me they made a trade. You know, we're getting we're getting Hakeem, and I was so ecstatic. And he was like, "Well, yeah. the downside is, you know, we we need your number." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, because I was wearing 34 at the time because of him. You know, so now actually, you know, they needed a number. I should have made a deal, but I was so excited about it that I just gave it right away. I don't think I had a choice anyway. You know, he asked it really, really nice. I don't think I had a chance to resist it. But yeah. maybe I could have made a deal to get to, to get something out of it, you know. So, <laughs> but anyway, I was so happy, you know, to be teammate with him. I met him actually the year prior when I was in Denver with uh, my teammate Tariq Abdul-Wahad. He introduced me to him when we played the Houston Rockets. That's when I first met him. And then the, the following year, um, you know, in my uh, second year, that's when he came to Toronto. So I was just I, really excited about it, wanting to learn from him. We we played a lot uh, during the after practice and during the summers. For even when I was in Europe, I would still go to Houston and train with him. You know, and 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 up to this day, we have a very very close relationship. And I don't call him a teammate. He's he's actually a brother to me. You know, he's just been mentoring me off and off off and 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 on the court so you know i was very very thankful to have him to have him part of my life and uh, to be able to help me grow and you know to be able to help me be the better i can be absolutely and i i think that's that's so cool that you know you went from somebody to that was watching highlights of him as a youngster to playing with him at the very end of his career and probably made some great memories. And I think that's really cool that you formed uh, a close bond and relationship with him. I think that's great. Thank you. So you play one more year in Toronto and then in January of 2004 is when you, you came to Dallas on a, on a 10 day contract. Um, I'm curious, how, how does that, how did that process work for you? Like, were you, waiting for a call or, you know, how did you find out that, that the Mavericks wanted to, to sign you to a contract? Yeah, I mean, uh, my agent at the time called me, I mean, you know, Dan and told me that uh, the Mavericks wanted me on a 10-day. Actually, I was with the, I did the D-League for nine days. 
mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, and then you know he 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 called me and asked and just 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 told me, you know. I spoke to Amadou Fall also. Amadou Fall was part of the uh, Marburg uh, staff. He was one of the I think he was a director of uh, director of scouting at, at the time. So, but you know, my agent called me and told me I have a ten day contract, and then I made a second ten day. And then, and then I did not. Uh, they, they, they didn't sign me uh, to uh, to a long term deal. It was a great experience, you know. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Dirk was really, really funny. Yeah. You know, um, I remember we had a game because I always used to talk about me being a defensive, defensive, uh, defensive uh, stopper. Yeah. And then uh, can't remember his name now. He was a rookie from. Uh, from 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 Detroit, he called me, and you know he he was getting on me as you know I used to talk about me being a defensive stopper. Why why I didn't stop him? But it was a very very good experience, very nice very nice experience. But you know I didn't stay there, and in that same year I ended up signing for the rest of the season with Atlanta Hawks. So right. you know he ended up it 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 it, it ended up working out. But I had a very very uh, good uh, time there. You know met. Met with the owner, Mark Cuban. We had dinner and everything. He, he knew my agent really well, you know, Dan, 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 Dan Tegan. So, you know, I had a really nice time there. And actually, I was able to uh, join Tariq Abdul Wahad. You know, we were teammates in uh, in Denver and had a great relationship. So for those days, you know, we hang out a lot and we had a, you know, a way, we had a very nice time. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Uh... That's really cool. And I, I actually, uh, I, you know, like I said, I was born and raised in here in Dallas. And I remember you, you, I know you only got a handful of minutes, but I do remember you playing um, a little bit uh, while I was watching those on TV. So, uh, and you, you, I mean, obviously Dirk was there, but you also got to play with briefly, you know, Steve Nash and Michael Finley also. And, uh, and you got to reunite with Marquise, you know, for a few weeks there. So that I'm sure that must've been a, a cool experience for you. Everything was great. I mean, it's a first-class organization. Finley was great, professional. I mean, leader. You know, Nash, everybody knows about him. What was surprising to me is at the time, you know, we didn't have much, uh, you know, shoot around, we do it right before the game. But rookies and, you know, people who don't play a lot, you come in the morning. Every time we come in, even though they're not really required to come, the older guys, the guys that, that play most of the minutes, what was amazing to me is Nash and Dirk was always on the gym in the morning shooting, even though they didn't have to be there because Coach Don 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 Nelson he liked to do his uh, shoot around right right before the game. Mm-hmm. But while the rookies and the people who don't play heavy minutes uh, have to come in and you know work out and do uh, extra, um, and Nash and Dirk were not required too. You know, you would always see them at the gym shooting and, you know, uh, putting in putting in the extra work, you know, which was just, I mean, you you could see the results. I mean, so they were just an unbelievable duo. And, you know, I, 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 I really enjoyed, uh, you know, seeing them in action and seeing how professional they are, seeing how how, how hardworking they are, you know. I mean, it was just a, it, it was just a great experience watching them work. Definitely. And, uh that's cool that you got to experience that in your short time here. So I know after that you said you went to Atlanta and then you were briefly with the Clippers as well. And then you played internationally 
for you know for a handful of years. Did you did you enjoy your your international career, uh, traveling to different countries and playing basketball? Yes, definitely. I think you know it was a blessing because I could have stayed more in in the NBA, but mm -hmm. in the Clippers, I didn't play a whole lot, and I wanted to play. Mm -hmm. So um, again, talking to Dan, he thought you know it might be a good option to go internationally. My my contracts were very similar or about the same as my NBA contract. So, you know, but you get to, it was much, much less game and you are an integral part of the team. So mm -hmm. I, I, I really enjoy it. You get to travel, to go to Greece. So I just think with basketball, you get to see the world in the best condition. You are the basketball player. You know, you are, you are there and you are well taken care of. You, you know, you are in the foreign country, but you just get treated really, really well. And you get to see different cultures, different things, and it's very, very, uh, it's, 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 it's a very good uh, cultural awakening. You, you you see a lot of things, but until you live there and you and you deal with the people, you deal with the politics, you know, uh, I definitely I learned a lot. So Greece was great, Lithuania was great, um, you know, China, Israel. So I mean, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that, that's really neat. And I've talked to, you know, a lot of former players recently who, who have spent some of their time under, overseas and, and, and they, they talk about things that they enjoy or, or, or some difficulties that they encountered. But even if they encountered some difficulties, whatever they were, they always say that the experience was worth it. So it sounds like uh, you feel the same way. So I, I think that's really neat. Yes, I do. Uh, so... I, you know, just like I said, in doing some research on you, I saw you were doing some assistant basketball coaching at the, at the college level in recent years, but uh, I guess you, you were at Georgia Tech through 2016. So what have you been doing in the meantime? Yeah, I mean, when I finished playing, you know, actually as I was finishing uh, to play, I could have uh, played uh, um, a few more years, but I knew coaching was something that I wanted to do. Uh -huh. And uh, my head coach from college, Coach Cliff Ellis, uh, spent four years with him at, at Auburn University. When he, you know, he knew of my intention, we had we have a good relationship. I talked to him a lot. So when he had an opening uh, in, in his time at Coastal Carolina University, he gave me a call, and I, you know, and I thought it was the right time to start my my coaching career. Though I could have played overseas, you know, several more years. So I was with him for three years, then I went to Georgia Tech for two. And since then, um, I've been just trying to figure out what my next step is. I've been looking to get in a, some type of front, front office, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in the in NBA, if it's, if it's possible, in, in the league office or maybe in the NBA team as a scout or, you know, uh, or, or in the front office. So I do believe that I'm qualified for it and have a lot of, um, a lot, a lot of experience. Also, I mean, you know, if a great opportunity for coaching uh, in the NBA Open, you know, I would love to do it. Absolutely, yeah, that would be, that would be really cool. I'm sure some teams could benefit from your experience and some of the things that you've learned from the the coaches you played for and players you played with. So, I think you could definitely benefit an NBA franchise at some point. So, yeah, that, that's really all that I had for you Mamadou thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me tonight uh, I really enjoyed hearing hearing your story and thank you so much thank you very much Mike you know likewise okay thank great. you for having me on of course all right have a great night thank you take care bye bye okay bye Forgotten America.